I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. This week on Feel Good Friday, Japan is sending radioactive water into the ocean. A Mediterranean lifestyle will save your life. And planes almost hit other planes way more often than you think. Oh, no. I mean, I didn't like, I didn't want to just like completely make it like Jer and like bring the crazy intensity. You did it though. But I got a little clean. You got it. And we are just absolutely thrilled to be back with all of our little potatoes. Dude, that I don't even like I don't even care about the other stuff I know. that comes before the plane thing. I know. Because I was I um, knew you'd like it. I was recently flying and I saw a plane outside of you know like you you've been flying before and like have looked I've never been on a plane. <laughs> you've been, but like you've looked out the window before and you've seen other planes while you're flying, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen one that's like probably within 500 meters of you? No, that's way too close. I know, right? That's I saw it the be other day against the rules. I saw that the other day and I was like, somebody made a mistake here, and it was, it was okay, but like it felt like there was. I mean, it was okay in that situation because we didn't crash, but like. It felt like it was too close for comfort. Yeah. Well, we're gonna we'll we'll, we'll get to that. We'll 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 we're actually gonna finish we'll finish today's episode with a conversation about planes. It's very quite scary. Yeah. Um, That's a good um, trigger warning for my brother. Yeah, I was thinking I was thinking of Dennis as I was writing it down. I was like, man, Dennis is <clears throat> really not gonna like. You this. might want to skip this one. Yeah, or listen to it. Um, because like it hasn't happened yet to you, um, and uh, it probably won't. I mean, really, it probably won't. Oh, we'll get there. Um, but we'll start with um, uh, before all of that. Dude, I think Loki's going to town on that Loki bone. Loki really is going to town on that bone. Since we walked in here and he saw that bone, because he actually has the same bone at home. And oh, that's he, not his. No, it's not his. I think it's Donuts. And 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 uh, it's going to be gone by the time Donut is back in this office, because Jer's, Jer's away. He, as soon as he saw that bone, like we walked into the office, he's been chewing it since we got here, and that was... Uh, two hours ago Can, almost. Do they, like not to make this a podcast about bones but i'm curious now do those go away like like what do you mean as the dog eats do they like literally chew it apart so that it becomes nothing well he'll chew it, it down. so hard it's like a it's like a y bone so it's like a regular bone up and then it y's out into two different bones it looks like he, a slingshot he'll like he'll chew each one of those down until it, it's like until i could stab you with it basically <laughs> yeah <laughs> until it becomes like a very crazy a dangerous weapon um, and sorry if you can hear Loki chewing on that in the background. Um, so before all of that, I think the most important thing that we're going to talk about and the thing that I know that you want to talk about most and the thing that our our, our listeners want to know most about <clears throat> is that I have a new max heart rate. Oh, okay. Yeah, found out last night. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's, yeah. Uh, I didn't know that it could go up at this age. Well, if you work hard enough and you believe in yourself, 
It can. Is that how it works? Actually, well, well, your max heart rate. So your, so your, so this is, and the reason I'm bringing this up is, this is, is not what is, everybody wants to hear. About. No, it's not. But but it, but it's funny. But I, I, you know, it is true. My max heart rate. Well, at least Garmin told me that my max heart rate uh, changed yesterday, and um, and that was the result of a very intense uh, bout of exercise. And um, and and the reason I brought it up is because it's because of the bullshit nature of how people recommend that you figure out your max heart rate. Your max heart rate is, it's important for a whole, for a whole measure of, of things, uh, mostly the, the intensities at which you can exercise and like the, the benefits that each, that each, um, uh, individual intensity level provides you. So like, you know, it's not just there's no, there's not, it's not like if you exercise as hard as you can all the time that you get better benefits than if you exercise at like you know, a, a moderate rate, like moderate rate has a different, it, it gives you a different thing, it gives you a different benefit than it does to exercise really intensely. So you, you like, basically, like what, for example? Um, so like, it's really, really, so, so for, it's for anybody with, um, diabetes, anybody with any me- metabolic syndrome or anybody who is especially looking to go from not doing much to doing something, the most beneficial thing that you're going to do is called zone two exercise. And you can, and your zone two is based off of your ma- whatever your max is. Okay, mm-hmm. so you and pro athletes, especially endurance athletes, cyclists, um, cross country skiers, um, long distance swimmers, whatever, they spend most of their training time. Like a pro cyclist will train about thirty hours every week, twenty five to thirty hours every week. Seventy percent, seventy-five percent of that might be spent doing like low, fairly low intensity, moderate intensity zone two mm-hmm. stuff. And it's similar in in because it changes. Too. It changes your it zone two work changes your mitochondria. It 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 improves mitochondrial function so that your metabolism and the way that you use fuel inside your body, primarily carbohydrates, and the way that you store and use fat is increased. So at zone two, I'm getting way into the nerdy science of this, but if you train in zone two, that is zone two is prescribed as about 70 to 75% of your max heart rate, which is why it's important to know what that number is, the max. Mm -hmm. And you will, um, if you're training in zone two, you are training your body to more efficiently save carbohydrates and not use them, which are like, which carbs are your, your, your like jet fuel and to use, use fat stores. Right. So when, when, um, when I was coaching paddling, um, and because I didn't have a, a, a science background, um, I would regurgitate a lot of the things that I would hear from like my previous coaches. Mm-hmm. And like what we would say is that training around like 70 to 80% of your maximum, uh, effort would be, you would be training more aerobic capacity. Mm-hmm. So you'd be yep. better at like, um, like what you're saying, you're, you're explaining the science of that, but basically what you're doing is increasing your ability to, to be more efficient for longer periods yep. of time. Yeah. Because you have a very finite amount of carbs that get used up very quickly when you're exercising, but you have a ton of fat to use. Like even if you, even if you are somebody with a low body fat percentage, the amount of fat that you have relative to your carbs is like to your, to your carbohydrate stores, your, your, what actually it's called your glycogen stores is way like infinitely bigger okay okay so why though does it because my understanding was basically you you don't have much control over your max heart rate um your max heart rate sort of decreases with age it does yeah um and so like 
when I was you know, 16, you know, I might be able to hit like just over 200 beats per minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and now probably as, as a guy in, in my mid thirties, I would be closer to like 180, 190 would sort of be where I would max out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought like coming back to this thing about like training zone two and building aerobic capacity, I thought you just became more efficient at using your heart when you train at the rate that it's at. I didn't know that you could actually increase your heart rate still. Well, it is so it is it is inevitably over time going to go down. Over like a long stretch of time, your max heart rate is going to go down. But then what happens is that as it goes down, if it makes a small change, like if it goes from if it goes from 190 to 187, your heart just actually pumps a little bit more blood to make up for that loss in in max heart rate. When you get a big change, if you go from 190 to 180, then you're you are losing your capacity to like operate at like the very, very high end. But for a little change, for your your heart tries to make up for that as much as it can by pumping just like a little bit more blood with every pump to make up for the slight loss in max heart rate. So how did you improve your max heart rate? Well, I don't really know. Um, <laughs> I just, uh, my, I, my head felt like it was going to explode. My heart rate, my max heart rate went up by one, one beat per minute. I was at 198 and now it's 199. That's what, so my, that's what is, my Garmin told but me. But does your Garmin calculate that like, not to get into like the even nerdier side of like how it calculates your, your max heart rate? Well, it calculates rate, it because you got it. Is it? It's okay. just that it's it's going because because this is the shitty way that that Max and the, and again I'm gonna say this to people guys everybody this is this is this is bro science this isn't even real no 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 <laughs> this is real science but it, it, this is like insanely important it's like insanely yeah. important you are like your whole quality of life basically revolves around exercising and I will say. You get the most benefit, the most benefit you'll ever get in your life is from going from doing not much to doing something. Mm-hmm. That's where like the the underneath the iceberg amount of, of benefit is. I've got the it's, hack it's for the, that. It's the tip of the iceberg that is like in the high, high end exercise stuff that like you don't need to do. You really don't need to do unless you are, unless for some reason you just, you, you know, you fall in love with a certain thing and you want to pursue it. The easiest thing you can do to this point to improve your quality of life is to get a dog. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Go, go. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Be go, go on daily. That's built into that, into that dog as a daily walk. Totally. If you're, um, you know, a responsible dog owner. Yeah. Right. And also, I mean, the mental health sort of aspects of having a dog that, you know, are obviously correlated to the fact that you're getting exercise in a way that you weren't before. Um, but just having a dog that gives you love is, is incredibly important. The benefits it's are incredibly multifactorial. <laughs> so your max heart rate, um, the, the beef that I have with max heart rate, and this is the last thing that we'll say on this, is that you are supposed to say that your max heart rate, the th- your if you if you want to know what it is, this is what they this is what quote unquote they say. If you want to know what your max heart rate is, big heart rate, <laughs> instead of going out and working as hard as you can to push your heart rate up and figure it out for real. You're supposed to take 220 and minus and back out your age. Okay. Okay. So for me, I'm 32. So that would be 188 for me. That would be your max? That's your max based on that formula. That formula is total horseshit. Yeah, right. Because if you were 60 years old, that means that your max is only um, 170. Sorry, uh, that's bad math. If you're 60? 
160. If you're one, so t- you know, t- if you're 60 years old, you're gonna minus 20, and then you're gonna 40. Yeah. So yeah, 160. Yeah. Um, so that's a bullshit formula, and I think the reason that that's bullshit is because if you are if you are highly fit, that's probably not your max. If you are very unfit, you probably have a lot of room to improve it. Like so, anyway. I still think I can hit 200. It's bullshit. 200's hard. 200's real hard. My, I, I always a, just thought I that you a, just had to work hard. I have a, <clears throat> I have a high heart rate for my for my age, <clears throat> and I feel I think I've only hit 200 once in the last few years, and that and it might have even been an error on my heart rate monitor, like. 195, 196, I hit regularly. Anything over 195, 196 is like, it's it's like I I gotta be on death's doorstep. I feel like you're just not pushing hard enough. Dude. <laughs> you see me last night. Holy shit, I thought I was gonna explode. Um <clears throat> okay. Dude, we stopped and Ed said something to me like yeah, do you have time to go get a beer? And I just like looked up and was like, what? Well, what do you say? <laughs> <clears throat> the beer helped them. Um, okay, so the first thing that we want to talk about today, Japan. Wait, that was, this is the first thing? This is the first thing in my intro. <laughs> yeah, I got sidetracked. I didn't actually plan on going into uh, the heart rate thing so much, but I am so fucking nerd. I nerd out on that stuff so much. I love it. Um, Japan is sending radioactive water into the ocean. I saw this. You saw this? Yeah. You saw this this morning? Uh, maybe la- yesterday? No, no. I saw I saw this um, a couple weeks ago. Oh, fuck that. I'm old news. Yeah. This was in my uh, this was in my morning brew newsletter this morning. Um, it's this is good. Okay, okay, give me the give me the details. So re up me on it. The okay. the the <clears throat> debate about this is really interesting because like totally like I like agree. like headline sounds fucking scary. Scary reality. You Not know, so but like, but, but then even all, so, okay, all right, yeah. to get, into, to get into the details. <laughs> we're getting, we're getting side <laughs> Give our listeners a little idea about what we're about to talk about. Okay, so Fukushima happens in 2011, the Fukushima uh, uh, nuclear meltdown. Yeah. Okay, so uh, earthquake, earthquake, earthquake. It's not a earthquake. <laughs> it's an earthquake followed by a tsunami, right? Or yep. is it a tsunami followed by an earthquake? I can't remember what the, the earthquake happens. Earthquake and happens that triggers results the tsunami. The tsunami, right? Yep. Of course, I'm not a, I'm not a dummy. Um, so that happens. Fukushima plant is rocked. Power shuts down. The water is no longer circulating around the rods that cool the um, rods and preventing them from uh, the nuclear rods, preventing them from melting down. So we got a lot of heat. It, that, that's right. It gets hot. And then that causes an explosion. I don't even actually you know what. I'm not even sure if there's an explosion. I don't know exactly. I don't know exactly how it went down. But basically, it was like no bueno. We don't. Not good. Now, the thing about nuclear power is that that happens very infrequently. It's something like the amount of deaths that you can attribute to nuclear, uh, that nuclear accidents, nuclear power plant accidents versus like something like coal or um, uh, oil and gas, like manufacturing or anything like that is like, it's like, it's like a fraction of a fraction There's of a fraction. There's a lot of stigma around nuclear power. A lot of stigma, even <laughs> though it is, I think it I think uh I think it's even safer than like wind and solar. I think there's more deaths attributed to the production of wind and solar energy than there is to nuclear. It's That's crazy. Johnny Harris did a really interesting video on it uh, not long ago. Um and so anyway, um there are 1.34 million metric tons of contaminated water that are in tanks underneath the uh, 
the uh, the plant. reactor. And this is and and that that water is there because because they they circulate water, like I said, around the nuclear fuel rods to cool them to keep them cool to keep them from melting down. Mm-hmm. And that water needs to keep circulating. So that water is being circulated and then um, cleaned or treated in some way and then returns and then is like reused and blah, 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 blah. Okay. Now that water has just been sitting there and they're kind of like, we need to do something with this water. So they treated, they treat the water, they filter the water out. It's now free of contaminants except for an element called tritium. Tritium sounds scary. It does sound Its scary. other name is hydrogen-3. Not so scary. Um, Wait, that's why does a, it have that, two names? Um, I think hydrogen-3 is like, it's it's uh, like H3. Yeah. Is like, its name is tritium. Do you know what I mean? Like on the okay. table, on the okay, table yeah, of yeah, elements, yeah, it would yeah. be tritium. But really, it's, it's hyd- like hydrogen-3. Um, so hydrogen-3 is a radioactive uh, element. I don't know. I guess it would be an element. They say isotope, but anyway, I don't know what. Let's the, use what I, they. I say. don't know what the difference is between an isotope or an element. They say isotope, so it's a radio radioactive isotope. It decays over time, and once it decays, I think it takes twelve years to decay, and then it turns into another element, and so on and so forth, until a very very long time goes by. Um. So radioactive elements in our water. Bad. Not good. We don't want that. But. An organization called the IAEA, the International Atomic Energy Agency, okay, they approved the plan of this Fukushima plant, of J- Japan, Japan's plan to dump this water. Okay? They were like, this is all good. You can do this. People were upset about this, mm-hmm. mostly environmentalists and the fishing industry in Japan. So the plant was basically like, hey, we have all this water. We're, we need to get rid of it. We're going to dump it into the ocean. They were like, the most viable way to get rid of this is the ocean. And they were like, listen, um, you know, we're going to get approval from this agency. And this agency is like, yeah, we're going to test it. Looks good. You can dump it. Yeah. And everybody in Japan is like, no. Not everybody, particularly, not everybody in Japan. Particularly the, environmentalists. And, and environmentalists and, around the world. And particularly the fishers are like, no, absolutely not. Do not right. do this. Which is a very, very rational fear because China has already banned fish exports from Fukushima. Yeah. And it's a, it's, it's a huge, in, fishing is a huge industry in Japan, obviously. Yeah. Everybody knows about sushi. So um, not good for the fishing industry, even though... This issue is actually kind of bullshit. At least bullshit according to the according to the standards that we have already. Standards that are in place. Basically, the standards that are in place right now, this doesn't even this this doesn't even come close to stepping over the limits of what is being done around the world already and all these things. So like okay. there's there's countries, there's power plants out there that have been doing this exact same thing on a regular basis with no, you know, no one raising any flags or pe- getting pissed, maybe environmentalists. I'm not really super familiar with the issue and, or the history of the issue, but essentially the WHO has a, so, so the thing that the, there's an amount of tritium in the water and the amount of tritium in the water is measured at 190 becquerels 
per, per liter. A becquerel is, is, a, is a measurement of radioactivity. Okay. So there's 190 becquerels per liter in the water that they're releasing. The WHO's limit for safety is 10,000. Okay. Okay. So they are. So it's well on. So they're like two. Per, they're like two. It's two percent of the limit set. Okay. So that's the limit set by the WHO. Two power plants in the UK exceed that. Not the limit, but they exceed. They do. They 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 release water into the ocean with more than that every year, and it was also a, already a common practice in Japan to do this. Mm-hmm before Fukushima. Okay. So there's two things here. It's basically like, well, what are you getting your panties up in a bunch about? Because it's nowhere near the limit and we've been doing it already. And then the other question is, but is that okay? I can, I can tell you the big problem here is that, and to like, to like use a little bit of an analogy. So like, imagine there was a, um, a, a veterinarian who worked with elephants and specifically did uh, prostate exams of elephants. I already adore where this is going. Okay, so this um, doctor um, has found that over this veterinarian has found that over the course of doing these exams, it's really better to get a feel for the health of the elephant's prostate by not wearing gloves. So they just are barehanding it. Okay. Okay. And so okay. they're going in there, they're doing an exam, and they're obviously pulling the this this veterinarian is pulling their hands out. And, I love and the way you're waving your arm around. They're sort of covered in in obviously in in fecal, fecal matter. matter. Mm. And so um this veterinarian, like any good veterinarian, goes to the bathroom after they finish and mm-hmm. they wash their hands with warm soapy water. Yes. Now um the veterinarian meets you at uh, the buffet lunch right after they had just finished performing this exam. They've washed their hands. Right. By all standards, they're what clean. What more could they do? They're clean. And then they go into the salad bar and they're scooping the lettuce out with their bare hands. Yeah. Okay. I mean, well, they're clean. They're clean. But you know where they just were. Do you eat that salad? No, because that's a faux pas anyway. Right. That's a faux pas. That's a faux pas outside of having clean hands. Okay, let's assume it wasn't. Let's take the faux pas off the table. I mean, we're basically talking about double. Like, are we double? Are we double dipping now? (laughs) Okay. So. so, Okay. Do you eat the salad? Do I eat the salad? No. Why not? It's clean. By all by all by all measurements. It's clean. But the, the hands were the clean. The concern is not that there's poop on it. It's that there's this guy on it. Because he's not just depositing fecal matter. That's not the only thing that I'm concerned with. He's, just he's also his depositing hands. his skin cells and but fucking who God knows what. So, but I mean, that stuff's already. I mean, the man has made a decision to not wear a glove when he sticks his hand up the ass of an elephant. How can we trust this man? I guess I didn't make the point I was trying to make. But the point that I'm trying to make is that the, that. The, the problem is, is the stigma associated with, with um, eating fish from Fukushima. You have questionable so, social so, habits that so. I am now <laughs> extremely concerned about. But, but like, for example, would you, I guess, I guess to not use an analogy at would all. Would you eat the ass of an elephant? <laughs> if, if you went to a sushi jet 
in in my building, and uh, and they had on the menu uh, fresh Fukushima salmon. Um, would you order that, or would you? They, they, well, I mean, especially say, knowing, you know, so if I just read the headline of that article, I would definitely, I would probably be of the mind to go no because I haven't looked into it. But even if you read the article, would you eat that fish? Yeah, totally. Fukushima versus Atlantic salmon at Sushi Jet. Do you eat the Fukushima salmon? I mean, if I've got the choice, I'm probably going to go local. <laughs> I mean, okay. why would I not? It's uh, it made Fukushima, a much shorter journey. <laughs> it's so hard to come up with an accurate <laughs> analogy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fukushima salmon or New Zealand salmon. Okay, They're yeah. both on the menu, side by side. You have the choice to choose between one or the other. What do you choose? Seriously, actually. Um, okay. Uh, since I've got zero reference for like the quality of the... You of just that, read that article that. and you know that, that those are good. You're assuming New Zealand salmon's fresh. What yeah. do you choose? Yeah, I'm probably going to go with New Zealand salmon. Why? Uh, because I've got a subconscious bias associated with this fish now. And now this is the problem with the entire fishing industry. Oh, I, oh, I understand. I mean, I know that you understand that. But like, this is the problem. The problem isn't so much like whether or not it's really dangerous to eat right. it or not. Because China already banned ex fish exports from Fukushima, even though, you know, they might, China's not, China's not banning. I'm not sure if they get fish exports from the UK, but like if they do, it's like, well, I mean, by, you know, in theory, you should be, you know, you should be banning exports from there as well, because that's a problem. This is why it's such an, a challenge, because like, you know, scientifically, they might look at this and go, hey, look, you know, the science says that this is fine, but the impact on the entire fishing industry in Japan, just by them releasing this water into the ocean has this massive negative um, effect, even if it's Absolutely. not based in totally, you know, the science or the reality of the situation, which is, you know, then, then you have to argue like, what is, you know, what is more important that the science is correct and you're making the correct decision based on the science, or are you considering the impact that it has on the industry at large? And I think you make, I think you made a perfect point there. Um, eventually, uh, which was it took three tries. Which was, which is that even if you are familiar with the situation and you understand that the fact that they are doing it is not necessarily a break from the norm, and that you know the fish from that region have been exposed to the same levels of that for a decade or more, or probably much more than a decade. Not to necessarily, I'm not. I want to make it clear that like, I don't know if this is good to begin with. Yeah. Like who knows yeah. if the level that is being emitted, maybe it, sh maybe it should be zero. I don't yeah. know. And I also, know. also, I mean, I mean, just for further context, you're not really sure if we can ever really trust science and you know, these big industries. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but to make the point of even, yeah, even somebody saying. who understands the issue, it's like, there's still a subconscious, like, I mean, you know, if I've got to pick between two, might as well pick the one that I have zero negative association with whatsoever, yeah. even on a subconscious Which level. Which is an interesting point they, because, you, I mean, you said that really well, zero negative association. It doesn't mean that the other one is better. Yeah. It's just that from as far as you know and your biases, you haven't been influenced. No one, one ever released an article about New Zealand salmon, so that's the one I'm going to pick. <laughs> exactly. Um, which is fucking fascinating. Anyway, uh, let us know what you think about that. And if you happen to be a nuclear expert or an environmentalist and you have any ideas on that, let us know because 
We don't know. <clears throat> Maybe you saw this. So I, you follow Jerry News. I follow Jerry News. Not not anymore. Right, not anymore <laughs> because uh, Canada doesn't. We can't get news in Canada on on Instagram anymore. Um, although you can put your VPN on. Does it work? And you can still get it. Yep. Okay. Yep. You cool. just have to close Instagram and then open it up again once Sweet. you put your VPN on. Although I, I have that. been getting the posts in my news feed. I just can't go to the page. Oh, really? So you do still see I'm it? Getting on your feed? the I'm getting the posts. I'm getting the I'm getting them in my feed that they've been posted, and I can see them and read them. But then if I go to the page without a VPN on, I can't get it. That's interesting. I'm sure they'll fix that. I mean, like fix that. As in, make sure that you're not allowed to see that anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a side note, and we mentioned this before we started recording, that CBC, or CBC, uh, the Canadian government is urging Meta to reinstate news um, because of the wildfire situation in uh, the Yukon, uh, in Yellowknife. And, um, and the fact that people are having trouble sharing news updates about uh, wildfires, evacuations, where to go, that sort of thing, which um, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't really want to weigh in on, on that whole thing. It's a, it's, it's a complicated thing that I'm only vaguely aware, that I'm only peripherally familiar with, so I'm not going to weigh really, in on that. But whatever happened, it's really fucking annoying. It is really annoying. That, there's no doubt about that. Are you tired of hearing the same old wellness advice? It's time to dig deeper and listen to America Dissected from Crooked Media, the podcast that's cutting into the science, culture, and policy that shapes our health. From doctors fighting for their rights to the surprising truths about sunscreen, America Dissected dives deep into the state of health. Tune in every Tuesday for new episodes of America Dissected, available on all major podcast platforms. Um, but one such thing that came up on my Jerry News recently was uh, was the uh, the release or the conclusion of a uh, a new study out of Harvard that was looking at the health effects of not a Mediterranean diet, which we've heard a lot about. Mediterranean diet is like largely a vegetarian diet filled with lots of like fruits and vegetables and big in the blue zones, grains big in the blue zones. I mean, Sardinia, specifically. The Mediterranean Blue Zone, but specifically the Mediterranean Blue Zone, specifically Sardinia, <laughs> um, which is an island off of uh, off of Italy, um, the west coast of Italy, I believe. Um, this is the Mediterranean lifestyle, so not so going beyond food and going into some other things as well, which we'll yeah. talk about. So smoking shisha. Uh, um, I don't think shisha. Yeah. I think when they talk about Mediterranean, they're talking about North Mediterranean. Okay. Not I don't like, think they're like talking about like Algeria Alexandria. and Tunisia and Morocco. Uh, would Morocco, is Morocco in the Mediterranean or is that on the, is that on the Atlantic? I can't remember. Um, uh, but I guess like Algeria, Tunisia, Egypt, Egypt, uh, is Egypt on the Alexandria? Um, and then, uh, what else is up there? I'm trying to I'm trying to think about all the countries that are on the on like the north coast of of Africa. That's it. I could look at a fucking map. Obviously, I've got a computer right in front of me. Um, but um, the Mediterranean lifestyle um, will, I say, will can lower the risk of premature death by twenty nine percent. So this is the interesting thing. 
And this is this is something that I I this is something that I didn't think about until um until recently reading Peter Atia's book where it was laid out in this little section which made me made me think. If some now 29% may, maybe doesn't sound like that much. Sounds like a pretty decent amount. Okay, so okay, I I'm, <laughs> I think it does too, but 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 I'll tell you where I'm coming from with this is that you hear all the time like, you know, you could such and such thing will get, you know, can increase your risk of you know, cardiovascular disease by 25 fold or 25 times more likely to die from this or that or whatever. Now, 25 times, that's 2,500%. That's a lot of percents. A lot of percents. Now, you can increase something many fold, but when you are decreasing something, you start at 100. So there's only 100% to decrease. Okay. So if a Mediterranean lifestyle decreased your risk of premature death by 100%, it means that you'd have to die as an old person. That's what that would mean. Right, yeah. Okay? So you're only working back from 100. So if you factor in a Mediterranean lifestyle, the odds are, not a guarantee, but the odds are that you are now 70, only 71%, there's only a 71% chance of dying before old age before like natural causes of old age, okay? And then if you factor in, you know, a ton of other stuff and factor on, you're further de- decreasing that if you're doing like good lifestyle choices. 71% things. of the average of how many people make it to that That's right. old age. That's right. Just talking, just just want to talk a little bit of stats there because it's important. Stats can be misinterpreted very so, easily. So like if, you know, let's say 70% of people make it to old age. So 70 out of 100 make it to old age, whatever we define old age as you're decreasing that by you're increasing your likelihood by a third. That's right. To make it so so one in three in the group that's not in that group will then make it to old age if they wouldn't you're using, otherwise. You're using confusing language now and I'm <laughs> I'm done. Um so this kind of reminds me of this veterinarian <laughs> <laughs> who sticks his hands up the asses of elephants. Um so the the study looked at a few things. Um it looked at um, it looked at it looked at the diet, which is something that I think a lot of like a lot of people are familiar with, like the health yep. benefits of a Mediterranean diet. What's the lifestyle? Oh, so I'm telling you right now. So it's this, so so it includes um, da, 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 uh, a diet using locally available products. Okay, I bet sex is. Um, I bet Mediterraneans are just fucking all the time. So it measured Mediterranean food consumption. Okay, so that's like the choices of foods that you eat, and then it said Mediterranean dietary habits. Um, and uh, let me let me because there was a there was a specific uh, like differentiation that they made here, not eating which I was like, swimming this is or... interesting. What does this mean? Um, ba, 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 ba. The researchers analyzed. Okay, so let me lay the study out for you and what they did. Okay, so the study looked at. 110, just shy of 111,000 people. I thought you were going to say 110 Mediterraneans. <laughs> no, 100, 111,000 people um, over the course of nine years. Uh, they were between the ages of 40 and 75, and it measured Mediterranean food consumption, which was intakes of foods part of the Mediterranean diet, such as fruits and whole grains. It measured Mediterranean dietary habits, which they differentiated as the adherence to habits and practices around meals, including limiting salt and drinking healthy beverages. Hmm. 
Sound. Still, this still, still sounds still, like I, the diet. I, I know. I was a little bit confused, but I. But I. I, I it might. It might be. It, like it might like, be around like a lot. It might be they... around like times. Like times that you eat. Um, and like, and I think that there's some mix. There's this last one is mixed in amongst all of this, um, which was physical activity, which uh, which I believe is is generally of the, of the moderate type zone two, <laughs> which we talked about at the beginning of this episode. You're fucking welcome. Rest, super man. Rest, Naps. rest is super important. Naps. Rest is mega important. I have rested. Side note: I have rested more this summer. Um, as a result of having Zaya, how do you define rest? Days where I'm not exercising. Okay. Um, I have done more rest and I'm a generally relaxed. Like if I'm not exercising, my mode is relaxed. I really don't have like another mode other than chill. Mm. Generally. Um, I have my moments, but generally chill. I can't relax. <clears throat> That's a problem. So, so I have rested more this summer having Zaya because I can't, I don't have as much time to ride. My fitness up, more rest. Thought it would go down. Nope. I am. I ride less when I when I ride. I am. I'm ready to go. Like hardcore, ready to go. It's actually it's actually a, quite a revelation. You're like uh, Rupert has a sore leg right now, and uh, so I didn't take him to the park. For a week to like try to, you know, like just short on leash walks to like try to let his uh, leg heal up, trying to get that rest. And then I took him, I took him to the park on um, Sunday morning after like not being there for a week. And he looked like a linebacker at the park, just like, like destroying other dogs, just like, like thinking he was playing. Yeah, it was like it was hard. Um, you know, there's uh four dogs who died. Wow. Um, <laughs> that's tragic. Um that's now, not funny actually. Now, now Brian's not allowed uh, to park anymore. But uh but but it was crazy to see like how much pent up energy um you could have. So like I just imagine you you got that dog in you. I got that dog in me. So, so like the, you're just going. The, 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 go. And and I and I'll and I'll say this for for our listeners, um that if you are a type A person, which there is a, uh, uh, I am not, but there is a, you, I would say you are, let's say you're a mix. Let's say you're a good mix, A, B. There's a lot of people that are like strict A out there. Um, if you are not allowing yourself to rest, what you're not allowing your body to do is to, is to filter out fatigue. Because as you filter out fatigue, your ability to perform, and I don't just mean an exercise, I mean in like, like, like intellectual fatigue is a big thing. Like if you don't allow yourself to have like a weekend or a period of time where you don't work, you're, you are building intellectual fatigue Man, and your I, performance is decreasing. You're building, you're building your ability. You're, you're continuously building your ability to perform if you rest. But if you never do the yeah. rest, you never get the full benefit of the work that you've put in. I, you got to rest. I get that, but I find it so hard. To, like I have, I have, um, I have like ADHD paralysis basically. So like if, if I have a day off um, and I, and I do lay around and do nothing all day, which like never, ever, ever happens. But if I do that, I feel guilty about all of the ideas that I had in my head that I should have been working on that didn't, I didn't do anything towards. 
like yeah. or like you know even just looking into the corner of my room and seeing like an easel that i bought with like a a canvas on it that i intended to paint that i just didn't do even though i know it would be relaxing and like enjoyable to do that i'm like i could do that i could uh build this app on my computer i could build this website i could do some 3d modeling i could uh you know, go for a walk. I should go for a hike. It's nice out. It's summer. Like I just think of all of these things that I should do. And so I can't do anything. And then I feel guilty that I didn't do anything. You know what you should do? You should have a kid. Cause then you know what? There's a whole bunch of stuff that you just got to do. Yeah. It's kind of sounds like my, like I get it. From, and there's really no, there's really no option. Like, you can't like neglect, a, you can't neglect it. That seems like a bad solution. Like, and having you know a what it is also as a solution. And to you know what problem? it is also? A lot of people might think that I'm fucking crazy with uh, by saying this or think that I'm out to lunch, but I it's also very relaxing. Because it's <laughs> There's a lot of people who are like fuck. Because like no offense, but like it's time consuming, no doubt. But it's kind of easy. anyway it's time uh, consuming (laughs) no doubt like it's but it's not hard work you know what i mean do you know what i mean though that you're you're giving me too much ammo as a (laughs) as a guy without a child so that all my friends with kids and i'm gonna be like no doubt it's time consuming it's no doubt time consuming but it's pretty easy honestly (laughs) what you're doing like if i said that to you dude if i went if i called kyla right now and i was like hey listen um, don't, don't do you want to do something to uh, no, you can on the weekend? The because, like, no doubt, you got a lot of your time is consumed, but like, it's easy stuff that you're doing. So, like, yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know if you want to say that, but 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 I but I would I would hazard Kyla, to Kyla, say I don't think that I would say Taylor that, thinks that this. Just Kyla the, would Kyla would probably generally agree with you if you laid it out in like a factual manner because Kyla Kyla. Dude, if there's a thing that Kyla loves most in the world, it's being a mom. Like she is, it's insane. Like she, it is, she's going back to work very soon and uh, from mat leave. And it's, and it's not because she doesn't want to go back to work. It's that she just loves spending all of her time with Zaya. Mm-hmm. Like she really, really fully wants to just be with Zaya. Yeah. And it makes me feel no doubt. And like, honestly, that. I don't blame her because like, I mean, it might be time consuming, but like it's an easy job. <laughs> so, so like, yeah, why wouldn't you want oh, it? Oh, man, there is a somebody who I just literally set their head on fire. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, they followed up with this uh, this cohort of people um, nine years later and concluded that it lowered their risk of premature death by 29 percent. I mean. I think the thing that stood out to me about this was the time spent with friends. There's a time spent with friends uh, component to this. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and it's like, and it's, it's, uh, they specifically called it um, non-scripted or non-structured time with friends, mm-hmm. which I was like, man, that's like what we've, that's what we've had so much of in our life forever. It's that like I, that I've always valued very highly. When you ask the question, do you want to hang? And there's no, objective of the hang yeah like that's it there was um there was i can't remember what uh what podcast or radio show i was listening to and um they were talking about uh like how there's this sort of like crisis happening um in the modern world where people aren't 
spending unstructured time with friends. Yeah, um, and they're and dying it's, because and it's of in, it. Well, it's interesting to like that this comes up as part of this study because like <clears throat> it is, it is rarer as you get older to be able to just hang out with somebody without any sort of um, objective or like plan or anything. Like just calling your friend up and saying, "What are you doing? Let's hang out." Mm-hmm. Um, that happens far less as you get older. Which is interesting because like we have this, we've talked a lot so much over the past number of years on the podcast about the importance of like, uh, if you need to talk to somebody about something like mental health wise to like make specific time for it. And that is important. But the unstructured time that you spend with friends is the thing that is going to make it less likely that you will, that you might have an event like that in the future where you need to talk to somebody. I'm not saying that it's going to erase it, but it might help decrease the likelihood that you might develop something that needs that conversation in the first place. Also, or not, needs that in or needs it so badly. Not to get not to get um, too uh, too uh, uh, detailed with how you should structure your time to hang out with your friends, but like in that unstructured time, <laughs> you can also structure time. Amongst the unstructured time to have that conversation that right. you need to have and then right. still be unstructured outside right. of the structure. Right. Structure, unstructure, balance. Yeah. Scripted, right. scripted, yeah. unscripted. Like a good reality TV you know, show. That, that's the hardest part about um, making new friends as you get older. Yes. Because. Totally. Because you, do, do you notice how you can't, you don't really start a friendship with unstructured no. hang time. Like you need to have, you need to like be like, hey, do you want to meet up here and do this thing? Mm-hmm. Because it's kind of weird if you don't really know the person. You're like, "Hey, do you want to, do you want to just hang?" Yeah. Like at this time without any plan. You know. Uh, um, so last week we were at Rich O'Coin show, last Friday, um, and uh, it was sweet. A really good time. My calves are still sore <laughs> from jumping up and down. And maybe that helped you achieve your max heart rate. It might have. Uh, yeah, it might have. It might have helped where the blood didn't go all the way down to the bottom of my legs. So it just increased the pressure, which made my heart beat. And that's definitely not how it works. But, um, um, and I, I was jumping up and down and Dave and I had our arms around each other and we were jumping up and down, just having the best time ever. And I looked over at Dave and I, and I, I said something to the effect of like, something to the effect of like, you know, at a time where I thought, at a time in my life where I thought I wouldn't make another best friend in the world, like you, I, like you, sh- you. you showed up or something like that. And was like, I fucking love you. You really just said, I fucking love you. <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. In the heat of the moment, it would be really difficult to get all those words. Up. I but, did, I hear I did, but I actually did. I actually did. I said that whole thing. You communicated that whole idea with your mouth moving like that. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Holy shit. I That's did. Good. Yeah. And, uh, and then I kissed him on his, on his, uh, on his bald, fo- on his bald head. And it was so sweaty, um, and it was fantastic. I, I um, feel the so same. Friends, I so feel the same. Friends, very important. Dave, I mean, um, this is getting very specific for people who don't know our friend Dave, who we just, you know, met in the last uh, like eight years. Dave? Yeah, six, six, seven years ago. Um, uh, I also like going, going to hang with Dave at like IKEA the other the other day when I just went on it, just joined him for a trip for no reason. And there's and nothing, like, and a, hung there's out nothing and, like, like a bro hang at IKEA. I fucking love ikea i've actually felt like i was cheating on you a little bit at uh ikea because yeah. like i feel like we've i saw some, the photo i feel like we've had some special ikea hangs we have um trying out beds but ikea is uh trying out rooms ikea Ooh, this one feels good 
Ikea is my favorite place. It's a special place. <laughs> Until it's not. There's a threshold of time. I can hang. Which you pass at Ikea where it goes from being the best to the worst. If somebody needs an Ikea buddy, like I'm, I'm the person to call up and go. Um, I, I also feel like, you know what I feel like my Ikea strengths are? <laughs> Do tell. I'm a good window shopper. So like I can, I love like for windows, <laughs> like for window accessories. No, like, like I can just look like I'm good at just right. looking right. Um, in those situations. Like I, I could walk through Ikea and leave with nothing. Yeah. Which is so, amazing because I want everything. So it's a, it's a good trait to have someone with you in that situation where you don't end up spending money. I fucking slay the downstairs, um, section yep. where there's all the little bits and bobs and everybody knows because ikea is a very structured company so you everybody knows that the downstairs section is where all the bits and bobs are so so in that section i can usually do good at like collecting a few things that are really cheap and so like maybe i'll spend like 20 or 30 bucks mm -hmm. but like also i can spend forever um you know what it is you know what i think it is i think it's the ability so ikea is really good i'm super passionate about this but i can tell Ikea is super good. It's in your voice. At at um at uh setting up those rooms in in a way that you can imagine yourself in that room, but there's also a room enough to use your imagination to sort of like create your own vision from right. what they provide you with. They're also very unrealistic rooms. Most yeah, of the time. Yeah. Cuz you go what house has this perfect space for this perfect thing? And I think they're largely imaginary. <laughs> it's yeah, that's, that's do you know possible. what I mean? I know what you mean. I know I know what you mean, but I also feel like you know part of the intent is not like this is where I feel like my creative imagination really allows me to go escape the bounds of like what they've laid out for me in that structure, unstructured, and and look at that and go. But I would take this and put this here, and like here's how I'd envision it in my place, and like that actually makes me think of like what if I took this thing from here and. Oh, I, I actually have a study here. Collection. It says unstructured IKEA rooms will increase your <laughs> risk of decrease your risk of premature death by seventy two thousand percent. Believe that. What <clears throat> would increase your risk of death at IKEA is eating all the hot dogs at the end. That will certainly raise your blood pressure. Um, Fuck, all right. dude. Speaking of like not just IKEA, but like thinking of the food places at the end, like when you're checking out of IKEA, reminds me of the Costco I one. I is, even look at it. Costco one is better. Costco hot dogs and pizza. I mean, you can't beat a dollar fifty hot dog. It's unbelievable. Even aren't the ones at IKEA even cheaper? Aren't they uh, like eighty cents? I or also, something? I love going to Costco with Maddie because she's like much more of the adult in the relationship, where she's like, "We need these things," and like she's very yeah. organized. Kyla's and like, I'm like, I just can't wait to get to the hot dogs at the end. Yeah, and you're like, and you're like, everything is free while we're here. Right? I'm like, while you're paying, I'm gonna go and eat a hot dog. You are such a little baby. I love you, Maddie. Um, all right. So our last, our, our final piece today, most shocking piece, planes. Oh, planes almost hit other planes way more often than you think. I forgot we were getting here. This is kind of crazy. Okay. So this is a, this was an article in New York, the New York Times. Actually, I saw it the other day. I saw it a few days ago and didn't really think much of it. I didn't look at it at the time. And then it showed up again in the newsletter that I that I get every morning. And I was like, oh, it showed up again. Maybe I should take a look. And 46 close calls involving commercial airlines in the United States last month. <laughs> no. So this is like, this is like a lot of, a lot of this is concerning. And 
And you I can think, just stop that there. I think yeah. that this could provide some comfort because like my idea of like a plane crashing and being really bad is it falling out of the sky at 35,000 feet. Yeah. Like that's my like, oh, right. there's that we're, we're done. Like you get some turbulence, you feel the plane feel like it, it drops for what feels yep. like a little bit too long. And yep. you're like, this is it. We're going down. Yeah. And that's the fear. Yeah. I mean, I have zero fear of flying. I, I, I think it's totally illogical to, to, to have a fear of flying because, um, well, mostly because uh, it's been 14 years since there's been a, a, a U.S. airline plane crash. So there you go. Mm. Um, and it's probably about the same for a Canadian, like for like a, like a major crash. Um, they just don't happen very often. And getting your getting all wound up about something that never happens is the definition of uh, of uh, silly. Yeah, but at the same <clears throat> time, even knowing statistically that that's true, there's still something unbelievable about flying through the air at 800 kilometers an yep. hour in a metal tube. I agree. That that makes you feel uncomfortable about the idea. Also, but isn't it fascinating that they've gotten so good at it? That you can do it every day, all day, for a lo- for for like decades, and 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 like the likelihood of you ever being in a, in some type of like life threatening crash or accident in that situation is equally like, as unbelievable for sure. To- right, right, yeah. it's insane. Yeah, we've gotten so good at it. Okay, so the reason that I bring that up is because this really centers around um, close calls in and around airports. That makes sense. And it really has to do with um, something that um, uh, is sort of related to health in the sense that um, the same way that nurse burnout is rampant and has grown exponentially, especially through the COVID years until now. The ATCs. Is uh, is the air traffic controllers, and uh, which I assume is what you meant by ATC. Yeah. Um, they are like ridiculously overworked and they work dude this is like this is the same phenomenon hey buddy hey can you sit down can you lay down no i'm not gonna lay down i'm not tired here you go um this is a very similar thing to um to nurses being overworked and 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 the overworked and with physicians and nurses being being called upon <clears throat> to do very important jobs with very little rest. Right. On on terrible schedules. Do you think do you think that there's a lack of air traffic controllers um because there are more kids uh making millions of dollars from like making TikTok videos or YouTube videos mm. that they're just like hey, instead of being an air traffic controller, I'm going to do this and now there's no supply of air traffic controllers. And so specifically it's YouTube's fault. I wouldn't narrow it down specifically to YouTube, but I would say that YouTube and probably 10,000 other things have micro influences. And when you pile them all up, look at me talking like Trump. And when you pop and when you <laughs> and when you pile them all together, it's the worst. Nothing's worse. Nothing's worse than 10,000 things piled together to make air traffic controllers yeah, you make me feel less viable. Um so over the so so it says here, over the past decade, the number of fully trained air traffic controllers has fallen by ten percent. Again, we're working from a hundred. Ten percent is a lot. Yeah. While airport like traffic has increased by five percent. 
That's not good. That doesn't feel no, like we don't want either. that. We don't want that relationship. This indicates a growing gap between the number of controllers and the work, work workload they face. Okay, so they do something called the rattler oh, man, schedule. I feel schedule. like it. Like I understand. Obviously, they're saying that this is a problem. But if you told me those numbers, and I thought about like, imagine what it took to be an air traffic controller forty years ago versus what it probably takes now. Not to like, not to not to start beef with the air traffic control industry. But like, I think what you're raising is part of the problem. I think they're not utilizing technology. I don't think they're leveraging technology as much as they as much as they. You they mean to be. tell me that that managing all of those planes that are flying in the air, they're not using they they haven't improved the technology that they're using I to don't manage think, that. I'm I'm making a total guess here. This is not an educated guess, but I would say because of the problem that has arisen, that they are not leveraging it to the extent that they could, because. Because this is all, these plane these these errors. Okay, so understaffing as you know, what? I think YouTube might actually be the problem, and not that people are becoming YouTubers over air traffic controllers. Hundreds, that- hundreds of close calls in and around airports, and we're talking about we're talking about like miscommunications of planes coming into land, planes taking off how those pat those flight paths are like intersecting yeah. each other like having last minute fucking pull-ups off the run uh, 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 from from not landing on the runway and yanking up and then that that intersecting with like another flight path of another runway on that same airport that like obviously they didn't plan for a fucking airplane to come in and start to land and then pull off 90 degrees to the left you know so it's like all these issues um they do something called the they have something called the rattler schedule, which is it says many air traffic controllers work a schedule known as the rattler, which involves rotating shift start times. This is possibly the worst thing ever. Can you imagine if you work long 12-hour shifts? And not only do you work like overnight, but like one night you start at midnight and then one night you start at like two, and then the next day four, and like you're, you're <laughs> just like, like you're, just, you're just you're di- you're dead. Why, wait, you're, why is you're employing that? a zombie? Why are they doing that? So it says it, it involves rotating shift time shift start times over the course of a week. Um, I don't know why they do it. It you says this is a grueling schedule coupled with mandatory overtime. I've never pushed controllers to their physical and I've, psychological limits. I've never understood shift work. Um, and and look, bad. I look, mean, you need it. It's, it's unfortunate. No, 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 need it, no, but. no. But what I mean, I mean, twelve hours. So so what I've never understood is that, um, and I, I know that people like, some people like working 12 hours. So no, like no, um, no shade to those people. Sure. But the thing that I, I don't understand is that the reason why, and I shouldn't say that this is the reason why, but like when you think of it, um, 12 hour shifts happen because, you know, somebody works 12 hours, another person takes over and they work 12 hours, yep. 12 hours and 12 hours yep. equal 24 hours. That's one day. So there's two shifts a day, right? The typical working day for like an average, you know, nine to five worker eight hours. is eight hours, right? So why don't which you have three, why don't you actually three also happens hours. to be divisible <laughs> by twenty four, right? <laughs> by twenty four or twenty four is divisible by eight as well, right? In three shifts. So why why aren't there just three shifts? Well, I it, would imagine only because from, I would imagine only because from the a, health benefits to the individual human. Must be significantly. I'm going to take a stab at this. Um, I'm going to take a stab at it from the healthcare perspective. 
um, healthcare system perspective and go, the healthcare system is so logistically fucked and hard that just removing one, the, the, the need to schedule one more person in that same 24 hour rotation. But you don't have to schedule. I know, I know that is you, like, is like added up over the, over however many, however many nurses, physicians, whatever are working in the hospital on any, on one hospital on any, I given personally day, think that's a bit of a like, cop out though, because it because, might, it might be, I'm just because, saying that it might just be like, because that might be the reason, but, but the reason why I would say that that shouldn't be, if it is, is yes, you have to schedule more shifts, but you still have the same amount of employees. And so the only extra work is, it's not like finding a new human to work those shifts. It's like you divide them up over more days, which obviously means that you have more of a, a challenge with the schedule, to schedule more shifts, as you mentioned. But it can't, the, the, the argument can't be that it's more difficult for scheduling. Like that can't be it. It can't be like, oh, there's, you know, that means that there's an extra, you know, 30, 30% more shifts in a week or whatever. That, I, I feel like that, that is a cop out. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with you, but I mean, like when you scale, it's a small problem that when it gets scaled up, it could be, it could be, uh, it could be bad. Yeah. In the, mo- in the most recent 12-month period for which data was available, there were about 300 accounts of near collisions involving commercial airlines. Sounds like um, if they were working eight-hour shifts, that maybe those near aircraft collisions may- might come down. The results are undeniable. There has not been a fatal crash involving a major U.S. airline since February 2009 when a Continental flight crashed into a house near Buffalo, killing all 49 people on board. The 14-year streak... Well, that's not the air traffic controller's fault. <laughs> the 14, No, it's not. The 14-year streak is the longest in the history of U.S. aviation. So we're currently in the longest stretch of, of crash-free uh, things in U.S. aviation. I yeah. wonder what it is for Canada. I would say it's probably pretty similar. Um, yeah. But I, but like, just to return, just for a second before we wrap up on the, <clears throat> on the idea of, of um, eight hour shifts. Of, no, not eight hour shifts. Of AI, like AI and and technological oh, yeah. advances. I mean, like, they're like driving a car. It's already so. If if you're not aware, if you're not aware of this with self driving, it's self driving is already proven to be safer than humans. And it's and it's yeah. been proven for for quite some time, I believe. But yet we don't have we don't have self driving cars everywhere, and it's like and it's it's in in some ways it's perplexing because it's like well if less people die when you have robots driving the car, mm-hmm. why don't robots drive the car? There are so they are. I mean, they this will happen, obviously. Yes, um, but. At the reason why the technology, you're right, and there are less, um, almost almost no accidents that are caused by the self-driving vehicle technology. One of the problems right now with self-driving vehicle technology is that it's um, unreliable. Um, and the mixture. In No, I mean, of that's... people and self-driving. Yes, and particularly with the problem that sometimes self-driving vehicles just uh, stop in the middle of the road and they haven't been trained um, to on every possible situation that could possibly happen. So there's issues like 
you know, they don't know how to respond when emergency vehicles are are uh, approaching or not not when they're that approaching. That might be an old problem, they, but no, no, this is a new a problem. This is an, a new one where like they'll pull over and think that they're getting out of the way, but they actually like pull over and block where the actual vehicle wants to go because they can't anticipate what the other vehicle did is, that to me on a bike last night. is is trying to do. And so um, there are issues like that that don't necessarily um, result in like deaths, but like do result in like very inconvenient situations that, um, you know, obviously need to improve before the technology can be like fully released. Um, I most absolutely of the- love driving. Like I love, <clears throat> I like driving a car and it is very sad to me that one day that, that will probably, I probably won't drive a car anymore, but I am very, I am very optimistic that the world will be a better place when we're not driving cars anymore. I think yeah, me too. human error is, human error is the biggest problem. And but it's I, the biggest problem. It's the biggest problem in this story, in this, I, in this, in this, in this story with the planes. Totally. And I think that, you know, I think that you'll be able to go to a track and drive if you want to drive or right. like do, do that as, as a, you know, rather than your source of enjoyment of like driving a fast car on a road where you're like weaving in and out of traffic because it's a thrill to be able to drive that vehicle. Um, you can still do that, but instead in an environment where you're not putting other people's lives in danger. I think I'm an, I'm a, I'm a future optimist. I'm an AI optimist. I think maybe not in my lifetime. Hopefully. Me too. Dude. Not in the time where I want it to happen, because what I really want AI to do, what I really want AI to do is I want there to be a super general intelligence where the last thing that we need to invent is the super general intelligence. And then everything that we need as humans and that this earth needs is done by a thing agents that requires, it doesn't require to be paid. It doesn't get tired. It doesn't complain until it, just, it, does. it just it just does. No, it will not because it's a computer, and we're just gonna we're just gonna tell it not to, and it's gonna do that. And what that's going to allow everybody to do is to is to do only what they want to do. And what I want to do right now is just raise my children. Like that's what I want to do. Like I go, I would, I just want to, I just want to raise my kids. I mean, I love working with you and Jer, and I love doing the things that we do, but like. If I really boiled it down, I'd go, what do I want to do with my life? I go, I want to love my kids all day, every day. Like, that's what I really want to do. And work is just a fucking inconvenience to that. And also, yeah. unfortunately, a requirement in order to do it as well. Like, because I cannot take care of those children without doing the work that helps them and gives them the things that I want them to have and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And, yeah, that's where I stand on that. Um, I believe that those days are closer than we think they are. Well, it is definitely a logarithmic improvement over time. So we are exponentially getting there. And you're right. You're right. I'm only 32. Fuck, dude. 40? Dude, when we're 40, what is the world going to look like? Holy the shit. The craziest thing is that... We're not even really human. You've just been watching artificial intelligence the entire time. Wow. Think about this for a second. It's the year 2023. 16 years ago, 
Steve Jobs got on stage and 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 said, "One more thing. Check out the iPhone." That's what he said. He said, he one, said more "One more thing. thing." He said, "There's one more thing at this at this uh, at this uh, that my that my turtleneck would like to tell you about." Sixteen years ago. It's crazy. Sixteen years from now, what are we what are we looking at? Who fucking knows, man? That's crazy. All right, you good? Yeah. All right, that is it for this week, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Um, we will be inviting Jer back into the studio, not next week, but, the week, next after, week. but the week after that. Um, Jer's, I'm actually away next week. Jer's we probably off in, shouldn't do it. Jer's off in Portugal. Week. Oh, yeah, I guess yeah, you're away so, next week. Uh, I mean, fucking unless you want to listen to me rant about some shit, which well, tell me if you do or not, you don't. <laughs> uh, if you do, then I'll do it. And if you don't, then... I won't. Uh, so let me know. My feelings aren't hurt because um, I don't base my life off of anybody else's thoughts and feelings, um, except for my wife and my children, and a little bit of you. <clears throat> Just a little bit. Dude, that's crazy. That's crazy that you don't do that. I guess you don't need to go to therapy. <laughs> um, if there's anything that we said that's dumb or wrong, or you can provide any more context to, which I'm sure there are lots of things, uh, feel free to send us some. Uh, uh, an email. Don't send us some emails about the same topic. That would be weird. Definitely. Uh, uh, you can write us at letters at <laughs> sickboypodcast.com. And uh, thanks to Richard Coyne for the theme music and um, Jer, Donovan, <clears throat> um, Jeff, all the other people who helped make the show happen. Thanks. We That's love right. you guys. And I feel like there's something else because I because Jer does his part. Like and like subscribe. And li- like and rate and review and subscribe and uh, do all that stuff so that you get this automatically into your uh, into your podcast player, whatever that one is, Spotify, Apple, um, Amazon Podcasts or whatever it's called now. It's coming out. Um, I'm not sure if it's even launched yet. Amazon but Music. Amazon Music. Um, and uh, we love you. And until next time, I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And this is Sick Boy. Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.